3: I a girl called Lola and I took her back to my place Feeling guilty, feeling scared, hidden cameras everywhere Stop! Hold on Stay in control Girl, I want you here with me But I'm really not as cool as I'd like to be Cause there's a rat under my bed And there's a little yellow man in my head And there's a truth Inside of me They keep stopping me Touching you watching you Loving you Paranoia The Destroyer Paranoia The Destroyer Well, I fell asleep Then I woke Feeling kind of queer Lola looked at me And said Ooh, you look so weird She said, man Something wrong with you. One day you're gonna self-destruct. Get up, get down. I'll come. Oh, you're wanna...
2: How <laughs> very appropriate. How annoying
0: and, and, and for the destroyer. times we are living in yes. right now. Oh my God. And hey, look, we were due for a kink's song. We were in we agreement were there. We were due
2: for a kink's tune. Yeah. I gotta say, uh, as you know, one of the greatest songwriters of all time, Ray Davies, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we've we've been lax a little bit in focusing on the kinks and their right. contribution to uh, you know, the genre of classic rock and whatnot. But uh, obviously, you know, in an allusion to everything we're living through right now, and it just seems to be getting stranger and stranger by the day.
0: And people are getting more and more paranoid.
2: Yes, (laughs) yes, which is, of course, the the hook to uh, that Kinks tune, Destroyer. Uh, Paranoia, the Destroyer. Mm -hmm. And uh, just in case anybody listening isn't familiar with the song, it was off the band's 19th, 19th album. That's a lot of albums. Just wrap your brain around that right there. As of 1981, the Kinks had had
0: had put out 19 fucking albums. That's more albums than The Beatles. Uh, by a few. Yeah. <laughs> by a few.
2: They were, you know, th- I mean, they were the consummate uh, band of that period as far as just constantly cranking out material mm-hmm. again and again and again. And they really kind of hit with uh, the album that this was off of, Give the People What They Want. Uh, it was released in August of 1981, which... You know, unfortunately, dating myself here was early, <laughs> early on in my my four years in high school. But I do remember, like, the kink suddenly being cool mm-hmm. amongst all the cool kids. Yeah. You know, the kids that were into punk rock at that time, the kids that were into well,
0: the, the Clash I mean, and the
2: Damned and whatnot. And you, know? you
0: could say the same thing um, for the Clash because, really, for a lot of people, the first exposure to them. Was via MTV with more yeah. of their pop stuff, yeah. Um, like 80, Rock the Casbah and believe, Should I Stay or Should I Go? Yeah, in
2: 1981, I believe mm-hmm. was when they they launched MTV with Video Killed the Radio Star. Yep, by, do you remember who, who's the Buggles? It? Yes. Nice, yes. all
0: right. Yes, couldn't stump them this week, folks. Yeah, I'm telling you, <laughs>
2: but uh, but yeah, that came out in August of 81. It was actually the song was originally supposed to appear on their previous album, Low Budget, but strangely enough, apparently they couldn't get the mix right. Hmm. Uh, so they left it off of that album due to
0: budgetary constraints, <laughs>
2: most likely. <laughs> most likely at that time. I mean, the Kinks' popularity ebbed and flowed. You know, uh-huh. at one point they were extremely huge in the '60s, and they kind of faded, and then they came back. And you know, when you come back on radio, you get more of a budget to do an album, and uh, and it's kind of funny because in that song, in the lyrics, they reference. Um, They do callbacks to previous Kinks hits. Hmm. Uh, All Day and All of the Night was one of the references, of Mm -hmm. course. And Lola, you know, Metagirl named Lola took her back to my place, you know. But uh, but again, an apropos song considering all the weird shit that's going on in the world right now.
0: Right. Um, And that's, of course, what we're leading off with on this episode. Uh, We're not going to call it weird shit because, you know, it involves people and people have feelings. (laughs) So let's just say. For the uh, mentally challenged, that's, <laughs>
2: that's, that, <laughs> I didn't get the memo on that one, folks. I didn't get the big boom radio memo.
0: But uh, I'm I'm gonna go. We're with living in that a one, kinder, gentler age, my friends. Uh,
2: yeah. Yes. Okay. okay. All right. All right. But uh, yeah, you know, like we were talking about pre-show, there's there's all sorts of weird, you know, paranoia-based conspiracy conspiracy theory yeah. shit going on right now. One of the things that uh, that came across my Uh, vision of this earlier this week was uh, there's now a website for QAnon casualties and want to be really careful about this this is a hornet's nest I really don't want (laughs) to poke too hard because these QAnon folks are really really fucking out there they really are but now apparently um, like you know a lot of different uh, things going on in the world um, you know I have many girlfriends many past girlfriends that consider themselves NFL casualties, you know, because as of, as of the regular season of the NFL, I'm ignoring them. Yeah, you know, that's just life, bro. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Sorry, but ladies. I, yeah, but I think this might be a little bit more severe. This might be a little bit more deranged, mm-hmm. this, this QAnon casualties thing. Um, and, and it makes me laugh because you know I think Mark Zuckerberg is a douchebag. And he created this thing called Facebook, quote-unquote, to connect people and really what he's done is he's facilitated the fucking crazy mm-hmm. out there to connect with each other and, and just just go off. It's, it's like the cult of insanity. It really is. And it has prompted the need for support groups uh, called QAnon Casualties, amongst other things. Um, I was reading a story in The Guardian earlier this week. Uh, it was called Facebook, QAnon, and the World... Uh, World slacking grip on
0: reality. Mm-hmm. Things are getting fucking out there, brother. They really are. Well, the, the main ingredient, like you had mentioned, to me when you were telling me about the uh, the subject matter, it's you know the effect of COVID and people being shut in. Yeah. Now we're entering the winter season. Okay, so yeah, mm-hmm. we got we got Thanksgiving coming up, then Christmas. That's great. The um the number one distraction, the election, is over. You yeah. know, so now people got to dwell on. Uh, the fallout from that, whether which side they're on, it, it's irrelevant. It's fallout on both sides. Yeah. And, you know, the old expression, an idle mind is the devil's workshop. <laughs> <laughs> it's what's happening to people now that you're going to see is. instances of cabin fever. Oh, yeah. But unlike years past, now you've got the might of the internet yeah. backing these kind of skewed communications amongst oh, yeah. that's, skewed-minded that's people. That's a, that's a
2: very democratic way to put it, John. And, and I know you're a conservative, so I apologize <laughs> for the perceived insult. But yeah, that's a very nice way to put it. But you're exactly right. People are getting shut in, and they're losing their shit. They're yeah. completely losing their shit. They're going online, um, searching for, um, I don't know, evidence, searching for... Uh, people that will reinforce their paranoid
0: delusions. Oh, and they'll find them. Yeah. You will always find someone in this world that will agree with whatever the hell Oh yeah. you come well, up with. Well, <laughs>
2: Facebook has hit a point where their their audience, if you will, their participants are in the billions, yes. are in the fucking billions. And yeah, if you go looking for it, you're going to find it on Facebook these days. Right. And, uh, and yeah, this, this whole QAnon thing. I mean, it's gotten to a point now where people are starting to... Uh, Call the whole QAnon bizarre effect on people a, a mental illness. Oh. You know, there are more than a few psychologists that are regarding it as that. And you know, if there's a if there's a a, a support site for it, <laughs> um, there's the big red flag, folks.
0: So go ahead to uh, smackupsidesyourhead.com, dot <laughs> com, where I'm available from four p.m. until five p.m. daily to set your mind right. Yeah.
2: I'm, I'm I'm thinking of starting a site called, called HolyShit.com. <laughs> I can't believe you're buying into this bullshit.
0: You know, yeah. But you know, again, with with people just being frazzled and 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 looking for answers. Well, that's exactly it. If you go looking for an answer, you're gonna find it. Yep. It doesn't mean it's you find it in the right place, but you're gonna find it. And like I said before, there are gonna be people out there, both benign that that are gonna. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just jump right on that bandwagon. It's kind of like the classic girl that runs away and she gets off the bus in LA yeah. and there's always somebody there looking to be their best friend, Oh yeah. you know Oh yeah So a lot of these folks and I, and believe me, I don't mean to cast any disparaging uh, images on, on you know, people with actual mental issues, but people that are just strung out and, and gullible, they're going to find people that are going to yes them to death. And possibly ask for a, a, a donation, you oh, know, yeah. to join this website of like-minded thinkers and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Well,
2: it's the epitome of the groundwork of a cult.
0: Yes, You know, exactly. you, you prey on people who are vulnerable, uh-huh. you know,
2: and they're looking for answers to, you know, whatever it is that's bothering them. And these people supply those answers as completely fucking crazy right. as they are. And, you know, a lot of these people, it's like, you know, a ship lost in a storm and they're looking for any port. Mm-hmm. any port in a storm, you know, to, to, to bring them in and they lose perspective on reality. Right. And it's not hard to do, you know, the pandemic, um, is uh, completely unique as far as challenges that this generation of people have had to face. Right. And, uh, it, it, it really preys on people's insecurities. It really does. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then you have QAnon, you know, <laughs> and again, God help us, I don't mean to poke the hornet's nest. I don't want to bring these idiots on, down on us. But, <laughs> uh, but then I just said it, idiots. Um, you know, here we go. But, uh, but I don't know about you, man, but uh, I, I, I like my conspiracy theories old school.
0: Yes, <laughs> you know, we we well we, we like the uh, the fun, the whimsical. Yes, Elvis experience. is
2: still alive, right? And he was seen shopping at a at a supermarket in Georgia. Sure, I that mean, kind of thing. Because who yeah. doesn't
0: want to see Elvis alive? Of course. I mean, seriously. And yeah, it's rather We're harmless. We're not you know drawing strings across the the no. wall in the den. Oh, this means this, and, and never that's once
2: did, did anybody <laughs> say that they saw Elvis eating little kids. Which never. I'm not bullshitting you. It's part of the whole QAnon trip. Oh boy. Yeah, it really. is.
0: Well, on that note, do you have some uh, some favorite? I've got
2: some old favorite, John. All I, right. I really do. I would I'm,
0: love to hear. them. I'm kind
2: of missing them at this point in time. <laughs> um, um, in regards to like maybe, uh, let's say our top three, okay. uh, conspiracy theories, um, and you know, aside from Elvis, of course, buying <laughs> peaches at you know Applebee's or whatever. Um, Big favorite when I was growing up, the Loch Ness Monster.
0: Yeah. Whatever happened to the Loch Ness All Monster? All little boys want to believe in the Loch I'm Ness Monster. I'm telling you, man. Yeah. Do you remember the pictures? Do you remember yep. the photos? Yep. And I had watched um, some show, and it had actual scientists, and they were from a college. And Dude, Leonard Nimoy
2: in search of... That the was an amazing Monster show, by the yes, way.
0: Yes, it was. <laughs> we could yes, do a whole episode <laughs> on in search of. But yes, they did a great one on the Loch Ness Monster there. Yeah, and it was in between Spock Spocky. The Finn, you know? like underwater. Yes. Okay.
2: Yes, and they talked about like uh people, you know, uh going out on the lake and, and radar and yep, yep. you know, this and that, and sketchy episodes where they found something but they
0: couldn't track it down. Yep. You know, and, and I am so going on eBay tonight to <laughs> see if I can find <laughs> episodes of it. Search <laughs> off. damn throwbacks. But it's, it, you know, it's one of those things. People they enjoyed it, they wanted to believe in it, and then you and know, it was
2: relatively harmless. It was,
0: but unfortunately, the classic photo where he's kind of craning his neck out of the the stilt yep. lock, yep, that was photo taken by a doctor. You know he even copped it out on his deathbed oh, that it was contrived you know and it's like oh he should have just took it to know, your grave you dumbass. <laughs> we could have still had something there you know and, and and theoretically it could be a i hope my pronunciation is correct a playasaur, they yeah. say that you know cuz those a
2: platosaur, right those, those yeah.
0: locks do lead out to the atlantic yeah. so there's always a chance and the lock was <laughs> deep it was very deep sting taught us that in the police song didn't he though at the bottom of a, of a Of a Scottish lock. Yes,
2: yes, yes. (laughs) Thank you, Sting. All right. So what do you got, John? You oh, got, You wow. got some conspiracy theories you dig?
0: Well, I, I tell you what. Um, not necessarily because I believe in it, but I love the one where they say that the moon landing is a hoax. <laughs> and there was a special that... Dude,
2: that, that they go deep on that go, shit. They, they go really go hard do. in the
0: paint on this one. Yes. And there was a show on Fox that went in-depth, and they, they focused on the uh, photographs sent back from the moon. Right. And, you know, being an art major, I had a lot of photography classes, and I was familiar with the cameras and, and the way they had everything set up. Yep. And a lot of stuff just didn't match. It was yeah. definitely enough to make me think, holy crap, all these registration it gives marks you a moment are wrong or it missing. Does. And it's like these things don't go away when you develop this film. These registration marks are always there. Yeah. So it's like, how come this one's gone? And then, of course, you know, shadows going in all different directions. And
2: well, if you have a premise and you have a, a thesis, if you will, and you go looking for ways to justify it... You'll find it. You will. Yes. You will, especially if what, you know, something as complicated as the moon landing. And yeah. then, of course, you throw in a movie like Capricorn 1. Do you yes. remember that? Yep. <laughs> you know They faked the Mars landing, I think it was in that film. Yep. And they make it look so doable, so viable.
0: Yeah. You know? And the other thing is, you know, the, the onboard computer, if you can even call it that on the lunar lander yeah. had less capability than my Commodore sixty four. Yeah, I know. And I know. yet it's this crazy. was it was handling life support, rocket thrust, and I'm mm-hmm. thinking to myself come on, man, yeah. how did they have this in, in, in the how, how did they? Yeah, how did they do it? How did they
2: get there? How did they get back without getting killed? Right, yeah. right. I yeah. just, ugh.
0: Yeah, it, 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 it kind of raises questions. Yeah, and, and I said to some friends of mine that I was talking with at the time, some agreed, some disagreed, yeah. I said, even if it is fake, I mean, understanding the times that, and as they were between us and the Soviet Union, yeah. if they lied about it, I'm totally on board you know, <laughs> just for the greater good, because, you know, we knew we of had the space Sputnik. race, right. sure. Oh, People yeah. were panicking because Sputnik was flying overhead, so what better way to shut that shit down yeah. than say, oh, yeah, by the way, we got a guy up there now. Yeah. You know, because you've never seen photos of that flag up there? Yeah. Like, with that whole little moon base? What what, what happened with that? Yeah. How come we never gone back after that? Well, after Apollo, what was it, Apollo 11? Yeah, I think
2: there was, like, We went back there, like, trips. three or four times, yeah. at least. So... Yeah, if you, you, you kind of in, in digesting that particular uh, bullshit conspiracy theory, you have to kind of ignore the subsequent three or four or five missions right. that actually went there. You know, the guys that hit golf balls on the moon, the guys that drove the moon lander around, right. that kind of right. thing. But, yeah, if, if again, if you go looking for it, you're going to find something. Sure. And sure. that's, again, I think what the you know, huge thing with, uh, with QAnon is, from what I understand... And I haven't dug that deeply. Um, the thing they keep pushing is do your research. Yeah, you know that's the phrase. Do your research. In other words, you have a thesis, you have a theory. Go out and find proof of it. And anybody that's that's familiar with scientific theory knows that's not how it works. Right. That is not how it works at all. But yeah, in this this day and age, it, people are susceptible. Mm-hmm. They totally are.
0: You know. Give me another fun one.
2: Um, big big fun with this one. Uh, my number two favorite conspiracy theory is, of course, Area 51, yeah. since we're already going down that road, you know?
0: I mean, that's... But again, it's fun. It is. You know? And my favorite fact about that, which is something you never, you know, hear in any descriptions of this Area 51, it's, it's bigger than the state of Rhode Island. Yeah. You think of it as just like a military base. It might be like, you know, what, five acres or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, it's massive. Way (laughs) out in the fucking middle of the desert in Nevada,
2: I believe. And, you know, I blame X-Files, you know, (laughs) for propagating this and really, really churning it up, Uh, you know. And, I mean, when you think about it, you know, the idea that, you know, we could have possibly come into contact with extraterrestrial life and government's first impulse would be to you know shut it down. People can't mm-hmm. uh, can't handle this. People would lose their shit if we told them. Right. And you know we've had subsequent movies where that was exactly the case. Mm-hmm. You know movies that laid out okay if people got a you know uh, uh, a wind of the idea that we're not the only intelligent life out here they'd absolutely lose their shit. Right. Um, you could kind of understand. You could kind of say yeah okay I could under I could understand them you know and. Like, isn't like the first question that every new president is asked? I know they asked Obama, <laughs> you know, tell us about Area 51 and the aliens. What do you know? What have you heard? Right. You know, and they all go wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I got nothing. I got nothing here. Yep. Sorry, folks.
0: Plausible deniability.
2: Yeah, but it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. It has nothing to do with, again, uh, cannibalism, you know. <laughs> um, you Which know. brings me to my next topic. <laughs> But, uh, but, yeah, I, I like my conspiracy theories light and fun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Area 51 is, is, is definitely one of the most fun ones out there. Right. It and really sometimes, is. you know,
0: the fact that you think it is just a, a benign situation makes it more fun. Yeah. You know, because oh, no yeah. one's going to take it too seriously or get too into it. kind of like the theory that Hitler survived World War II. Yeah. And yeah. he escaped in a submarine to Brazil or Argentina um, and you watch so many shows on the history channel and they 're they're searching for Nazi gold yep. and whether it was him or it was somebody else you know it 's documented from the the natives in the villages that these submarines would pull up and, and, and dock yeah. and these Nazi soldiers would get out, and they 've still got the empty bunkers there you yeah. know built by them, yeah. so it 's just enough to make you think, "hmm
2: is, that, is this your number two john it 's my number two oh, oh, right yeah, I like it well it, it kind of one of the things I like about. Either this this theory or or the Area fifty one theory is at the end of the day it's a big so what? I still gotta get up tomorrow and go to work. <laughs> exactly. You know? It doesn't doesn't stop reality. It doesn't is stop. Hitler my local congressman? No, well <laughs> screw it then. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And I, I wouldn't <coughs> vote for him again if he was. So fuck right, him. You right. know?
0: Yeah. Not not a part of his then again he did get the trains running on time. Yeah, I never said that. So
2: oh oh <laughs>
0: Sarah. sorry, Myra Goldstein. I never talk said about that. poking the hornet's <laughs> nest. Here we go. What's your number three, sir? Uh,
2: well, actually, my number one. Since we're going in reverse. Oh,
0: okay. You mean, this is building up to something.
2: Um, well, you know, I want to. I want to give nods to to okay, you know okay. uh, certain conspiracy theories that I considered um, that did not pass muster. Of course, JFK. Uh-huh. Who killed JFK is a big one, big big one. That that goes on to this day. Uh, Paul is dead. The the Paul McCartney. <laughs> thing that uh, uh, appeared right around, I believe it was the release of Abbey Road in 68, where they theorized that Paul had died in a car accident and was uh, uh, substituted for by an exact duplicate. And it's kind of funny, there were so many of these conspiracy theories, and there actually is one, believe it or not, going around about Donald Trump right now, that he in fact died of, of his uh, coronavirus infection what, a month ago? And was replaced by a by a body double. Oh, boy. You know, these body doubles seem to come out of nowhere. <laughs> and it's like, we got a body double for this guy. Well, the whole body... thing
0: I can almost see, and if, if you think back to those times, it was kind of common for famous people to die in car crashes. Uh, it was. Male it, and female. It, it definitely yeah, was. So. And,
2: you know, he was barefoot on the copy of, of, of Abbey Road, and then you had the VW with the license plate, 28F. So, you know, we're kind of giving you people hints that, you know, maybe Paul is dead. But then again, if you were in that situation, why would you hint that Paul is dead? Wouldn't right. you just want to, you know, keep the gravy train rolling, you of know? Of course. But, uh, but, yeah, I wanted to, give a, wanted to give a nod to that. Also, 9-11, a shit ton of conspiracy theories came out about 9-11. Yeah. Uh, you know, the most obvious one being the plane that hit the Pentagon, supposedly, you know, that just up and disappeared and mm-hmm. there's no photographs in existence. Um, and we can go on and on and on. That was a particularly fertile time for conspiracy theories. Right. Well, people had gotten
0: so rattled at that point because they had just borne witness to things we never thought we'd see in our lifetime. That shit
2: was pretty out there, man. And that
0: just redefined everything.
2: Well, that seems to be the the principle, the, the perfect time to... Take advantage of people and take advantage of their fears and paranoia. like mm. Mm, now, yeah. you know, <laughs> but uh, but no. My favorite conspiracy theory, being the classic rock enthusiast that I am, is the Jim Morrison is not dead conspiracy theory. That he did not in fact die in Paris in 1971. That he did in fact disappear. I think the main the main conspiracy theory was he disappeared into the. Uh, the African jungle, and
0: uh, was he hanging out with the Rockefeller kid. I,
2: I just, I don't know. <laughs> Apparently so, but uh, he got eaten. <laughs> but that was huge during that period of time because mm. the the circumstances surrounding his death were so sketchy, and uh, and then when Danny Sugarman put out his uh, book, No One Here Gets Out Alive, in I believe it was 1981, and the conclusion of the book was completely open ended. He actually gave. Uh, credence to these theories that Jim did not in fact die mm-hmm. that you know and, and at the time Jim was trying to shed the whole rock star thing um, and he disappeared to paris big big part of that and uh, you know the the circumstances surrounding his death only one person supposedly saw his body um, you know there were a number of things mm-hmm. along those lines, and you know I love the, the doors and uh, and you know, it was a huge Jim Morrison fan, big influence on me, you know, as a musician and whatnot. But, of course, subsequent information has since come out that, no, he unfortunately did die of a heroin overdose at that pe- period in time. Yep. But there are still people to this day that aren't willing to accept that and still think that, you know, Jim may be out there someplace. So, mm. yeah. So what's your number one, John?
0: Well, my number one is, is, is one that I just, uh, you know, they, they taught us about it in, in school uh, a couple times, and it just stuck with me because it's kind of creepy, and okay. it be real. It's the lost colony of Roanoke. Roanoke, Virginia. Virginia? Yep. Interesting. And uh, the basic, you know, gist of it is, you know, Roanoke at that point was, uh, if not thriving, at least stabilized, Okay. and the uh, ship returns to England, comes back some years later, and the colony is gone, mm. not a trace of it. Although, it looks like there was no signs of a struggle or anything, and everything was like, they must have left in the middle of the night, because everything was left behind, the clothing, you name it. And carved into a tree nearby were the initials uh, Crotoa, C-R-O-T-O-A, I believe. Interesting. Um, And they have no idea what this meant. They say it might mean one of the small surrounding islands, and maybe they did fall under attack by the Indians, and they, they sought refuge out there. But... Now, no reference, no you know, uh, sizes of up anything up and disappeared just without up a and trace. Disappeared. Um, It could have been aliens. It could have been the devil. Who knows? <laughs> but there I'm are some the alien thing. Yeah, I like there the There are some thing. Uh, indigenous people uh, from down that way still to this day that uh, mixed in their DNA strands and mm-hmm. blonde hair and blue eyes. Interesting. So, draw your own conclusion. You yeah. know the things
2: people will do to keep warm. I tell you. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And again, another another period of time. Where it's rife for this kind of theorizing, right? You know, communication was at a minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were new as far as settlers uh, to to the colonies and whatnot. Yeah. And yeah, something like that could very well happen—just people up and disappear. Yeah,
0: and I, and I believe that was the other um, claim to fame mm-hmm. of, of this colony, because I believe a young lady named Virginia Dare was the uh, first person born in the country, like the first real American citizen okay. from Europe sure. coming over. Okay. Okay. Um, so again, it's, it's, it's a little more a little sad because you just don't know what happened. But yeah. hey, conspiracy and, theory. And, and
2: it's, yeah, it's, it's a good one because yeah, there's that element of uh, fear. I, I bet guess. they
0: did this on an episode of In Search of. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm sure going to find out. Did. Yeah, That's got to be on YouTube. Yeah, if
2: only Leonard <laughs> Nimoy hadn't passed, we could call right? him up. screw this podcast. Or, or, I'm going to go or or look d- for that. Or did he? Maybe Leonard Nimoy really didn't pass away. Maybe he's... Oh, yeah, I know. It could
0: I know. be something. I'll take a look into it, you know. As well, long as not have to know. listen to him sing about Bilbo Baggins again. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. <laughs> oh, and on that note, it's yes. time for something completely different. I think
2: we've got to throw down a gem, John. Yes, what do you think?
0: we're going to throw down a gem as we head into the next portion of today's episode. Um, and this one... Well, I guess it's going to make more sense afterwards. So we're just going to play it for you. It is Fleetwood Mac with a little song they did called Tusk. Sit back and enjoy. We'll be back with a few uh, more things right after this. for nice. Fleetwood Mac song. That, that's kind of <laughs> visceral, you know? And it was, it was funny because we're going to be talking about sports, folks. Yeah,
2: but, but like on a tasty scale and I'm biased, I'm giving that an 11 because what you heard in the background there was the USC marching band. Ah,
0: he's chomping at the bit to <laughs> tell you about this, everybody. And it's, it's great and it makes sense and we totally fell into it. Yeah. So go ahead. Well, so, yeah,
2: as far as the, like, the sports reference, it's so cool, like as far as I'm concerned. Um, Fleetwood Mac was faced with an impossible situation uh, back about 76, 77 of following up rumors. And uh, so Lindsey Buckingham in particular went way, way out there. And with Tusk, they brought in the USC marching band and actually recorded this at the Coliseum in Los Angeles. And, uh, and it's kind of ironic, too, because the term Tusk is a British <laughs> slang reference to male member, so it was like, ha ha, yuck yuck, wink wink, nudge nudge. Mm-hmm. But uh, but you know, to this day, at USC football games at halftime, the band is going to bust out "Tuck Tusk" and <laughs> yep. everybody goes completely ape shit when they do. And that's know? what
0: sold me on it. Once you hit me with that, I was like, yeah, this is meant to be, this is the lead, and I want. Yeah. Because we were jumping around a, a bunch of different you know sports type songs yep. that you always hear in stadiums. Yep. And I think if anything, I was leaning probably closest to um, the White Stripes doing Seven Nation Army. Sure. Because as a Michigan fan, they <laughs> always play that. But really, in a broader sense, all these college you know, bands, they, they, they play that.
2: There's a long list of, of those songs yes. you know, that, yes. are, that are unique to each individual university.
0: And, um, and so that's how we got started on this, folks, because we wanted to talk about sports. Yep. Uh, in particular, every sports, professional sports uh, season, has been truncated yeah. And, you know, going back to, say, April and May, we were fine with that. We were going to take anything they could possibly give us. Yeah. You know, oh. shorten baseball season, who cares? Just yeah. I'm going to hear oh, the just, crack just of the bat. Get on the field and do it. Yeah. Right. Because it was that sense of normalcy that we were direly. Oh, yeah. In it, need was of. Like
2: a, it was like somebody dying of thirst in the desert. And yes. if, if anybody had any question as to the uh, significance of sports as a uh, diversion mm-hmm. and whatnot. You the can't, grand distraction. You can't possibly question it anymore. You it can. is, it you is so necessary.
0: So, on, on that note, you know, and even still, we're totally at peace with, with them bringing it back and in the truncated seasons and whatever you need to do to put on that show for us.
2: We okay? needed that. We needed that badly.
0: Here it comes, folks. It's an However, asterisk. <laughs> it's an asterisk. Yes, it, yep. it. It's. It's all about asterisks now, because you know in the history, given books, the amount
2: of liquor we drank during the break. <laughs> the fact that John could say asterisk without up slurring it. That's that's. And there's, there's a commercial right now. Credit where credit is due, bro. <laughs> with, nice. with
0: people at the Sonic drive-thru trying to say espresso. <laughs> Have you seen oh that one? Oh, my
2: God. No. Uh, yeah.
0: And it's not even expresso. It's their, their version. They call it espresso. So they're trying to pronounce it. So, yeah, okay. that was like that. Okay. Um, but if there's one thing I pride myself on, it's it's my mastery of phonics. So yes. back off. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So here we are. Baseball season. It has mm-hmm. now come and gone. 62 You're, games? Sixty. 60? And even sixty, yeah, and then you know playoffs, of course. And we
2: should bring up that it was sixty games because the players' union well, and yes. the owners There's assholes a lot of jerking that around all at of the last are, sure. they could not come to an agreement, so the commissioner had to step in and say, "Okay, boom, right. we're going to do this." And that was such bullshit. Sure, you know, and and baseball wonders why people are are turning away from them. It's that kind of bullshit that that is it. In a nutshell.
0: Yeah. You know? That's part of the American pastime it now. Really it really is. is. And let's, let's preface before we go any deeper into this that neither one of us watches soccer. So if you're a soccer mm. fan, this is not your podcast. Yeah, sorry.
2: <laughs> I apologize. Sorry.
0: <laughs> we're only talking about American sports where you could, you know, use your hands. <laughs> um, all right, so that's the skinny on baseball. So now you've got your world champion L.A. Dodgers. And look, they were the best team, you know, out of everybody else that played. They so that, that's fair. They were. But you played less than half Of a normal season. And how many past
2: seasons have the Dodgers got right to the edge and got wiped out in the World Series? And there's been a lot of
0: great teams over the years that, you know, and not just in baseball, this does apply to other sports, that were just short of the brass ring because of the wear and tear that a full length season naturally imparts on its players.
2: Well, I think that right now the onus is on the Dodgers to come back next year, hopefully. You know, under the auspices of a full season, right? And do it again because I mean, I don't mean to call bullshit on them, and I am a Red Sox fan, and they got monkey Betts. So that—that's your first move, yeah, right there. Is always all bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. But the fact of the matter is, they pulled this off in a very, very truncated season mm-hmm. uh with teams. You know reeling left and right from uh, COVID-19 restrictions and whatnot. You know, sorry, LA folks, love you to death. But yeah, there's an asterisk on your World Series victory on this one. Sorry.
0: So that's baseball. Now, the next thing, before we get to the real big pink elephant in the room, um, that got me jarred up over this, I'm a big fan of college football. Yep. And as the listeners know, I'm a University of Michigan guy. And the Big Ten was a little late to the dance this what year. What a
2: clusterfuck! Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> what Michigan we're, or we're the Big gonna, Ten or both? Uh, all of the above. I yeah. mean, I'm you know a USC alum, so I'm looking at the Pac-12. And, you know, and we're going to play. We're not going to play. Suddenly right. we decide we're going to play, but we're going to play a truncated season. Yeah. And blah blah blah. And it's like so what? they
0: started even later than the Big Ten. So you've yeah. got you know most of your schools like the SEC and whatnot. They have their traditional eleven game season. Okay. Then you get the Big Ten, which has eight. And then the Pac-12, I believe, has seven since they started a week later. Unless so, they just yeah. skipped the bye week. Yeah. But again, how can you now rank? Let's start with the ranking system, which yeah. is already broken. How Completely. can you rank these teams when they're not... Based, based
2: on what? Yeah, and it's yeah. not apples and
0: apples. It's different, you know, toughness of schedule. Because oh, yeah. they made it a point to kind of shift the schedule so that they were only playing within their... Uh, oh, yeah. their conference. Well,
2: we, we talked about this before the show, Notre Dame. Yep. You know? You, well, not... we don't
0: even need to go that far. I can talk about <laughs> Michigan with disgust, believe me. All right. And I think what you're seeing now is, yeah, we need that tune-up game against Appalachian State. <laughs> and without that, when you throw us just directly into the Big Ten opponents, oh, my God, what a train wreck it's been. Oh, yeah. Train wreck. Yeah. Crazy. So, so yeah, so I'm like watching this, so and I'm like, this is just not right. And, and whoever winds up being national champion, which will probably be Clemson, because, you know, well, Jesus is their quarterback, if you weren't aware that's of that's that. That's what I heard, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: but, no, didn't he, didn't he miss a couple games because of COVID?
0: uh Just one so far. Yeah, I think okay. he's back now. He's going to play. All right. But, yeah, and then this guy's going to either way move on to bigger and better passes, just, you know, next yeah. year when the NFL picks him up and but, kills themselves yeah. over him.
2: But taking a big step back, you know, props to him for trying to put something together. Yes,
0: and don't get me wrong. I can't take that away. I'm glad to have even crappy college football than none. Yeah, I completely okay? agree. Now, that being said. Mm. Oh, yeah, and I guess basketball falls in there somewhere. Now, basketball, <laughs> they're ready just to, to bumper fuck them right up against this season. And they've got them playing in the winter now. Yeah, they Just yeah. to start it right up again. And I'm saying to myself, damn, these guys are going to be pretty exhausted because that's another tiring, long season. Very much so. And they're saying guys like LeBron probably won't even play the, the, the first month. There's no reason for them to get out there and, and get worn out. Yeah. But, I mean, talk about committed. See, the NBA is such a cash cow right now. Oh, it's they, and huge. And they recognize it's it. Nuts. It's I mean, it's, it's a smaller sport in general, but if you were to break it down like pound for pound how much money they're generating.
2: Well, that's the thing is let's not belittle this you know, in the midst of this, you know, pandemic situation, these guys generate a huge, huge, huge revenue. And it's a domino effect. It affects so many different people, yep. you know, and so many different sports writers, you know, that I've read are like, well, you know, should we do this or shouldn't we do this? And so, like, no, it's more like how many people do we want to put into poverty, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and trying to deal with, the, you know, COVID-19 situation, and how many of these people are really going to lose their health insurance coverage if they don't work? Right, you know, these are the things that these assholes don't consider, mm-hmm. and it's really annoying, quite frankly.
0: Well, here's here's, you know, the big gorilla in the room. It's the NFL. Yeah. Um, and let's just say we're not being spoiled sports, and we're not being, no, being crybabies. But the New England Patriots, for example, <laughs> had we're going to get players, no sympathy on none. this John. That's what no, Screw no. it. Yeah. No, Brady's gone. Everybody loves us now. This is true. So we had eight players opt out. For coronavirus concerts. yeah, more than any other team in the league, we're kind of having a, a horrible season. <laughs> Plus, you got injuries on top of that. It's
2: not horrible yet.
0: It, it well, it's not good. It's, it's, my friend. it's flirting with horrible. It's, it's late eighties is... level right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, okay. And you know, again, you're also seeing. Um, I mean, look, the, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be good no matter what, and, is true. and they're proving that to be true. Yep, you've got. A, I mean, look at the. The um, you've
2: got teams that are contenders that, that East. maybe would not normally be, and yet in the in
0: the case of the <laughs> NFC East, the you, former juggernaut of the league, yeah, that you, always had the the stars and the powerful yeah, franchises. is every
2: team in the NFC East have a losing record?
0: Yes. Yeah, I don't think any of them have more than three wins. Yeah, and one of them is going to get a spot in the playoffs. It's just is true because of the way. Yeah. And they're talking about expanding the playoffs to get more teams in. <laughs> Thank you, but no, I don't need to see the. You know, the the, the three and 15 giants go up against somebody. No, but you
2: got to keep in mind at the same time that the estimate as far as like what the NFL is going to take as a hit from not having people in the stands is in the billions of dollars. Billions, folks. And let me repeat this for emphasis billions (laughs) of dollars.
0: (laughs) Oh, but they've got profit sharing. So (laughs) meanwhile, in Tampa Bay, where it's bombing, I think they're allowed friends and family or whatever. I mean, there are some stadiums that might let 10,000 people. people oh, in, Kansas sure.
2: City is a good example. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Now, share that money. Go ahead. I mean, mm-hmm. they should let Buffalo stock yeah, you know, Raymond God, James Stadium because it's so cold, nothing survives up there anyway. I mean, look at their <laughs> brain cells. Have you ever it's seen people tailgate? Absolutely. I say pack the Buffalo stadium every week. Absolutely. <laughs>
2: Give those folks a break. COVID's not going to survive like beyond your, you know, your breath out. It's going to die because it's 20 degrees at best up there.
0: I tell you what, you know, had the worst week in the universe like the last two weeks. Mm. (laughs) Republican Jets fans. Oh, (laughs) imagine that combo. Brutal.
2: (laughs) Brutal. I actually feel bad for those folks, and I'm not a Republican or a Jets fan, <laughs> and I feel awful. For well, I tell you what, people. I got
0: a lot of friends from back home that are Jets fans, and I, really? I just don't know how they do. it They're fucking eating it right now. They're just Ugh. eating it. It's brutal. And there's no there's, there's no bright spot. And they're even saying that the kid Lawrence from Clemson is not going to want to play there.
2: Yeah, he'll off, he'll on for soccer or some right. shit like that. Or he'll yeah.
0: pull like what Elway or Eli Manning did. Well, he get fully. drafted and they're like nope, no. no thank you, no, no.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll play some obscure sport before I'll go there. And I yeah.
0: can't say I like, blame them because, you know, look, if there's one thing that, that we've learned as Pats fans over the years, mm-hmm. if you don't have a smart ownership that is committed to winning, and I mean committed, body yeah. and soul and wallet, yeah. you're not going to win a championship. Well, they
2: just have no excuses at this point, you know, as far as the ownership is concerned. They're a,
0: they're a major, major market football team. Right. And they've been in the shitter for how long now? And you would think, with the New York Mets now being sold to Steve Cohen, the billionaire financier, yep. and all that excitement that that's generating in New York,
2: better days are to come. For People need
0: to look at the Jets and the Johnsons, you know, heirs mm. to the Johnson Johnson that own yeah. them, and say, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. I didn't
2: think the day would ever come. Where I have sympathy for Jets fans because let's right? face it, Jets fans are assholes.
0: Uh, they're but, just uh, uh, they're a wretched hive of scum and villainy. I'm basically. telling you, man. But
2: they <laughs> they have they have taken the beat down for so long yes. now. It's not pretty anymore, you know. And even even for somebody who just you know being a Patriots fan, yeah. if you know the history between the Patriots and the Jets, you know why I have oh, zero sure, sympathy sure. for those dicks. But at <laughs> this point, it's like I'm pulling back. It's like. Cut these guys some slack. Yeah, Give them we some love fucking the game. Oxygen, and please. it's you know, even if, if there's no competition there anymore. It's if awful. If
0: Cleveland can turn their shit around, yes. then there's no excuse for yeah. the Jets anymore. Just yeah. none.
2: It truly it's I ugh. completely agree. I completely agree. Cut them some slack. God, I hope I don't regret saying that. You know, <laughs> I definitely right, really become no a juggernaut
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> well, the word on the street is they're gonna take my boy Jim Harbaugh off of Michigan's hands. I say good luck, God bless. Yep, yep. <laughs>
2: Yeah, oh. I think that's appropriate. I already hate Harbaugh's, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, put him, put him in New York. That's appropriate. But, uh, but yeah, you know, we, we, we survive on the competition, we and do. nobody wants to see a doormat like that. Exactly. You, you, know, you feel yeah. terrible for him. You and truly do. there is,
0: do. You know, everybody, we do have camaraderie football amongst our divisional rivals. We do, you know? we do. And we don't want to see any irreparable harm before, you know, the Dolphins or the Jets or the, Jets oh, or of course the not. Bills. I'm,
2: I'm actually thrilled this year... Finally, after God only knows how long, that the Dolphins are competitive. Yeah, you Yeah. know, I got friends who are Dolphins fans, right? and I feel good for them. It's and as like, one of
0: the cornerstones of the NFL, the Dolphins should be good. Yeah, you know? they really should. Just like should. the Redskins and the Giants, and you're like, these teams should be good. Yep, and it's it's a shame. You know, yeah. it just goes to show that at, at even at the highest levels, sometimes incompetence just. Slips in.
2: Oh, it's stunning. It's absolutely (laughs) stunning, particularly for a major market team in New York. Yep. You know? I mean, that's stunning. It truly
0: is. Well, that's that for that. So that's how we feel about (laughs) it. You know, you folks, you might agree, you might disagree, but we're in lockstep with this, that we feel that, you know, this season, maybe next year, too. Who knows? Gotta gotta asterisk it. Gotta gotta, asterisk those championships because it's, it's strange times. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it was easier to pull off the baseball season during World War II, yeah, than it was really, during this COVID it really was.
2: event. It really was, and you know, so many people like take an asterisk as being a negative connotation, and right. it really isn't. It's just a connotation that. Things were different. Things were strange. Right. It wasn't even across the board. This and you wasn't could
0: say that that argument could also extend to the Baseball Hall of Fame yep. and those select individuals that are now once again coming up for Hall of Fame induction. Absolutely. We're talking to Barry Bonds, the Mark McGuire, the Sammy Sosa. Mm-hmm. And they were players who were very good players, but they played in the age of steroids. Yeah. Okay. And it's pretty much proven that they were all on the juice. But steroids are not going to make you have a better eye for hitting a baseball. No. They're not going to make you throw a ball straighter or necessarily farther with any kind of accuracy. Yeah. And because it was so rampant, like you said, I think they go in the Hall of Fame, but with an asterisk, because yeah. these time this was known as the steroid era, let's say. Yeah. And without saying, yep, for certain this one did it, this one didn't. Oh yeah. Just well they, say, they they played during this time. It's
2: very, very easy, and a lot of sports writers have done this, labeled them quote unquote cheaters mm-hmm. because obviously, you know, performance enhancing drugs were, you know, not allowed. But there's been big questions as to how extensive that really improved performance. Right. You know, and, and you and, can't and
0: call them cheaters unless you know for for a fact every single player who did and didn't do it.
2: Yeah, and and it made any difference at all. Right. You know, like you said, it doesn't help you hit a curveball. It really doesn't.
0: All right, so that's it for that segment, folks. It's time for another jam. Let's do it. This, again, was, well, more of a uh, Michael Sean Lee selection. <laughs> he had two selections out of, out of today's program. Well, we
2: went down a list and, and considered the, the bands that we haven't highlighted, the right. jams. And uh, this was one area, this was one band that... You know, we were particularly oddly,
0: yeah, was not present. Lacks in <laughs>
2: in representation to the uh, to the gems, so. and we
0: knew we wanted somebody with a big stadium sound. Hell yes! So we made some calls. We pulled out the big guns. And <laughs> <laughs> what'd you settle on, Michael?
2: Uh, I think we're going with Queen on this one, didn't we? Yes. This out on that, and uh, I think a very appropriate appropriate song in so many different ways these days. This is Hammer to Fall.
0: Yes, yeah, one of our rare live versions. It's a Monster. Enjoy it, folks. We'll be back in a couple more minutes with some things.
1: Hey, 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 hey! How <laughs> So beautiful.
2: You want to go out and break shit, <laughs> it, it does, it's just
0: a vintage queen, powerful yeah. performance. For those who
2: don't know, that was from their epic, epic 1985 Live Aid show. Yep. Um, you know, as much as I like that tune prior to that. Just put it over the top. I mean, their whole set was amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, That really, really, really just rang people up as far as how powerful a live act Queen was.
0: And we knew we wanted to do something that was a, a classic stadium rock, either song or artist. I mean, Queen immediately came to mind. I was voted down because I wanted Gary Glitter, <laughs> rock and roll part two. You're never going to let
2: me forget that, are you?
0: No, well, all due to his sexual <laughs> proclivities, you know, Michael Sean Lee took the high road, said we couldn't use that.
2: No, 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 no. So, uh, yeah, no, no Gary Glitter. And then no, I wanted
0: no. to use, the, you know, the white stripes because, like I said earlier, that's another, no another great stadium
2: anthem thing, but yeah. uh, but no, queen, hammer to fall. Yeah. I mean, if you <laughs> want to char- talk about just charging the adrenaline. Yep. And, uh, and it, it kind of a subliminal message too yeah. in that just you know with all of this you know going on during the pandemic era we are so precarious and any moment the hammer could fall yep. you know but for for now we're going to we're going to press on we're going to rock out and we're going to hope for the best and uh, and again if you if you didn't live it if you weren't alive in 85 um, shame on you yeah when queen took the stage it was just epic it was absolutely over the top and mm-hmm. hammer to fall was really when they were peaking during their I mean, they only played like 20, 25 minutes, if I remember correctly. Yep. But they jammed four classic tunes into that short period of time. And yeah, uh, and Hammer to Fall was just
0: over the top. Over the top. Hammer to Fall, also one of the songs that they featured in the Highlander soundtrack. Interesting. Yep, that yes. wasn't made, as far as I know, wasn't made for that. It was already a song that they had. Yeah. Whereas the other ones were made just for that movie. Interesting. And uh, yeah, I mean, if Queen didn't rock enough already. Yep. Here they are doing soundtracks for both. Was both or two or three Highlander movies? Yeah, Flash Gordon. I mean, what else do you need? <laughs> what else do you need?
2: Yeah, Queen was Queen was in there in there just just powerhouse mode at that point in time. It's unfortunate yep. that you know shortly afterwards, you know Freddie was uh, sure. Freddie was uh, stricken with AIDS. Um, but you know for that that moment in time, they were absolutely on top of the world. Right. And, uh, and, yeah, it's a great memory. Again, is. to
0: paraphrase the mayor in the movie Jaws, you know, if somebody says Liberace's got AIDS, you're like, what, what, well, who, who cares? <laughs> but you say Freddie Mercury, people lose their minds. Yep. And that's yep. what happened. We all lost our yeah, minds.
2: We did indeed. We did indeed. But it was the 80s. It was the 80s. Yeah, we were all a little jacked up then. Just a <laughs> little bit. Just a
0: little bit. So what's going on in Big Boom Radio this week, John? Oh, the usual consummate craziness. But, right. um, you know, one of the shows we've done, wow, since Inception... Uh, that I never really shine the light on too much is a little ditty we do on Thursdays. Now, as you know, Thursday, it's three in a row all damn day. Nice. That's a lot of tunes. And that's if you, good stuff. if you happen to hit on somebody that you personally enjoy, that's a feast. I'm liking it. Because all these other stations, they do twofer. I uh, know. Hey, weak. here's another, another twofer. That's, that's so weak. <laughs> so weak. <laughs> so when you got uh. three, you could do like... You know, two powerhouse tunes and then an elusive B side.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know? if, you, if you're only doing two, you're not committed. You're right. just not committed. Right.
0: You're not. You know, you know. <laughs> so, during That's not this, what we do uh, here in Big Boomerang. Not at we all. We go full on. We go into it. We go hard in the paint, as Absolutely. they say. Absolutely. Yes. So, uh, nuzzled in between all this amazingness from noon until one. Every day is the uh, three for Thursday alternative segment. I like it. So there, you know, we're gonna sh- we're gonna showcase um, alt rock bands. Okay. Past, present, and future. Um, again, we don't do a lot of new stuff because yes. you know, Big radio is about the classics. Oh yeah. Well, but, what are
2: some good examples of of alt rock bands oh, that we man, feature? Oh
0: man, you name it. Put it this way. Here, here's how the gamut. You might have some. Red Hots. Okay. You might have some Fishbone. Nice. You might have some Sublime. You might have some 311. That's some pretty wide ranging shit right yeah, there. It's all over the place. You might have some, some white stripes. You might have the Strokes, the Killers, Alabama Shakes. You name it. It's nice. all over the place. It's craziness. Nice. Good stuff. Unadulterated craziness for an hour. <laughs> I like and it. it's one of the shows that for me, it's, it's fun to do because it goes by so fast. Yeah. The trick, though, is to get the time to line up to an hour. Oh, sure. Because different bands generally have different lengths. Songs, mm-hmm, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, but still, it's, it's like everything else. It's a labor of love, and it's a lot of fun, and it's something different, and it's one of those shows that people have come up to me and said, you know, I'd love that three for Thursday alternative thing that you do. Nice. And it used to be two hours. Um, most of the shows now, except for the Rockabilly Rumble, are just an hour long. Yeah. Um, just for the sake of of, of consistency and. I'm a one man band, <laughs> you know. I keep asking Michael Sean Lee for a little help, folks, and he's he's very recalcitrant to, uh, to jump you in. You
2: know, you know what can you do? What can you do?
0: Right, and we're running out of interns here. He's scaring <laughs> them away too. Poor Tula McBride, she'll never be the same.
2: I'm gonna drag B into this. I, 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 I don't, don't don't go there with Tula. Oh my god. I,
0: Sir Nigel, he's above doing any he's of this stuff. He's completely
2: and totally above.
0: Oh, well, Am I a bloody anti? No, no, not saying that. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's what's going on. Um, and, nice. yeah, Thursday would be the focus this week because it's um, always just fun tunes, tunes you wouldn't expect. All right. Um, and it's like, you know, the way the the algorithms work, you won't hear, well, you definitely won't hear the same song yep. really any day on this yep. station. Um, but I've got three different versions of the three for Thursday that have their own internal rotation. Okay. So you can listen to it every week and you're not going to hear the same three songs by, this, like by the same like artist. So. And
2: I love Thursday. You know why I love Thursday, John? Because it's almost Friday, it's baby. it's almost Friday, baby. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And on that
0: note, I think we're done here. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us once again, everybody. And as always, I'm Johnny Teflon. And I'm Michael Sean Lee. And we'll see you all on the flip side.